Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of the F1 Ramble. After a short break, we're, we're finally back with another episode of our podcast. We're really excited. There's a lot to talk about from driver transfers to Spa and Zandvoort. So uh, let's get rambling. This is Alex and Tiago. Hi guys, welcome back to the F1 Ramble with Alex and Tiago. We're sorry it's been a while since our last uh, episode, but circumstances just haven't really allowed us to, to to record as we'd have liked. But Tiago's back from Portugal. How was how was Portugal, Tiago? Yeah, it was lovely. And when you say circumstances, you mean I've I've been sat on, sat on a beach with a with a beer in my hand. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, we're yeah. Uh, we're we're back now. I think one of the reasons as well, like I didn't have my uh, all my audio stuff out there. So even if we did record a podcast, it was just going to be like done on my AirPods and it was going to be a bit, I don't know, not ideal. But um, yeah, the only race we missed was the race that didn't happen. Uh, and we can we can talk about that at the end of the, uh, the, end of the podcast. Definitely want to give that some attention. Um, yeah. Although that may seem like a long time ago now, considering what's, what's happened the last week. Yeah. And plus there wasn't really, like summer break was boring. I, I was expecting all this, like... The, all the driver moves that we're seeing this week, I was expecting to happen in the summer summer break to give us something to talk about. But um, yeah, it didn't happen. But it's all happening now. Everything's kicking off. Drivers are moving left, right and centre. Um, hey, and some of them are excited. With, with, the, with the drivers moving or do you want to start with, uh, with the race? Um, let's start with... Let's start with the race. Let's talk about, let's talk about Zandvoort. Um, yeah, what did you think of the race? Personally, I, I thought it was a pretty boring race, but yeah. there was a lot to, to, to look at from a strategy point of view. Everyone was trying all different pit stops and one stop, two stop, and it was, it was interesting from that side of things. Yeah, I don't mind that. I do think Formula One, a lot of it is, is that, you know, a lot of Formula One is watching like the timing screen and watching like the car in position seven getting close at the car in position six. Yeah. Um, just through the timing screen. Just watching that gap. Like, I don't know, it's it's quite enjoyable for us that we're fans, but I think if you're if you're not a fan a fan and you're like, yeah, look, literally just just watch like watch this this gap get shorter, but only by looking at the timing screen. Yeah. They, they might be like, that's pretty boring. Uh but yeah, there was a lot of strategy. Um I like the um oh, what'd you call it? Is it the banking? Yeah, the on, yeah, the banked corners. Like a lot of them looked really, really cool. Um, I tell you what, the opening lap looked awesome. Yeah, like was it like was it turn was it turn three or four? It's like a banked left hander, and like cars were going like three or four wide on the first lap, all just taking different lines, trading places. That was the first lap was absolutely awesome from yeah. from that point of view. I'd love to see that in any new tracks that are made. Um, yeah, because uh, I don't know who it was, but I saw on Twitter like a, a, an ex driver literally written or, or spoken to, to charlie whiting and uh and someone else essentially saying look you should have banking on your tracks because it gives more than one race line yeah um and yeah like it was just good to see that it was definitely different and there was many race lines um, yeah and then the crowd looked looked really good like yeah. the crowd looked mental um and sky kept on saying um or ted kravitz and, uh, and the other presenters kept on saying 
oh this is such a great grand prix like you know the, the crowd and and all this i didn't really get to see much apart from seeing like the cool crowd i don't know why mm. why it was such a good grand prix for the crowd apart from maybe the crowd itself i don't know if you yeah i think the dutch the dutch really know how to party as well so i think because it's it's hard to capture the true atmosphere when you're watching it on the tv so i think like when they're talking about how amazing it was they're probably talking about the whole the whole event um yeah, like the whole event with the fans creating the atmosphere with Max Verstappen. Um, they like the Dutch fans. The, it was just orange. Everything was orange. Yeah. Um, they kept alluding alluding to the uh, you know the organization, the promoter. I don't know what they did though. Like, I think it was just the people. Yeah. Well, I know one of my one of my customers uh, for, for work. They were there because um, they they've got close links with Shell. So they had um, a stand out on the beach. Because obviously at Zandvoort, you've got the beach right next to the track. So they had a shell stand with their electric um, Formula E car, with a Ferrari car. So I'm, I'm assuming from what I saw with, with that, that there were other events going on on the beach as well to kind of help add to the whole event. Mm. I, I, I liked as well the... Um... Like the fireworks when uh, when oh that was won. awesome yeah yeah that was cool I've got time for that as well yeah yeah I I mean Max Verstappen he, Max Verstappen drove like a champion he didn't he didn't put anything in fact Red Bull were just on it um every time Mercedes tried something with strategy and Lewis Hamilton they just responded straight away it's like they've learned from their mistakes like Mercedes have done the undercut on them a couple of times now. Or pitted, or or done that second stop to get the fresh tires to to, to close the gap and get them at the end. Um, and Red Bull have learnt from that, and they just countered everything Mercedes did. So from from a Red Bull perspective and a Max Verstappen perspective, it was job done. Yeah, I think in qualifying though, like he, I think he went wide on turn three, or a little mm. bit wider than he would have wanted to, and he had no DRS on his final yeah. lap. So like. Although Hamilton was quite close to him in qualifying, they reckon they reckon the gap was much bigger. And even yeah. Verstappen said that after it was like, actually, look, there, there's a bigger gap between us two. Um, yeah. What I found surprising that I thought in the race he would have run away with it. Uh, and you know, it was never in doubt that he was going to win the race. But I think Hamilton kept him at, like quite honest at times yeah. as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think with the way the track was. They, they caught the back markers quite quickly. So there was never really the opportunity to properly pull out a decent gap because he was always slowed down by the back markers, the people he was lapping. Um, although, although Lewis Hamilton nicknamed him Moses, didn't he, at the end, saying like all the back markers just seemed to have just got out of the way for him. How um, many times did Lewis Hamilton complain about his tyres? Well, I mean, it's just standard Jesus practice. Christ. Oh, but that it's was... It's just standard practice. That was... He was on steroids that time. Like he was just five, like five laps in, and he's just complaining about the tires. Even Button said it. It was like, what? Like now already? Mm. Like, well, I think I think as well that some of the time, sometimes the radio messages get taken out of context. So it's like that you only hear what the driver's saying sometimes. So Lewis Hamilton, yes, he's complaining about his tires. This is me defending him as a yeah. Hamilton fanboy. But like, yes, he's complaining about the tires, and even as a fanboy, it's it's annoying. To hear him complain about tires all the time, but if they're saying to him, "Right, we need you to do this with the tires," 
and you're not hearing what they're asking him to do and he's going the tires aren't going to last that long then it's different do you know what I mean if they include those messages from the team then it doesn't sound as whiny and whingy and just annoying yeah. if you you get the full picture of what's being said but he did complain a lot about his tires no I do think you're right and and also if they ask him about the tires yeah how are the tires the tires are bad and then that's you only show that that other bit it's like why is he talking exactly. about his tires again but yeah you're yeah. right it, it it's almost comes... like they do it it's almost like they do it on purpose now yeah just just to have that they've... lewis hamilton thing of oh he's complaining about his size again yeah they've created the narrative now so yeah yeah but yeah. Um, no i mean in, in general i thought i thought everyone I, I was expecting a safety car at some point to be honest um yeah. it, it does happen sometimes like there's a couple of races where you think oh like this one there's going to be a safety car here and then like everyone just completes it and mm. I think who Mazapan maybe didn't finish, and I think someone else as well. Oh, uh, Mazapan's got to go. Uh, I, I'm sorry. The way he the way he drives against his teammate is just disgusting. But th- yeah. there was there was a couple of times he just squeezes Mick Schumacher. And like he he does he just he he's aggressive with letting people pass. Like it, you can't get past him without him almost like sideswiping you or squeezing you into a wall or, or put, trying to push you off track. It's just like, he's absolutely disgusting as a driver. Yeah, do you know what I didn't get at all was when b- both Mick and, uh, and Mazapan blocked Vettel, yet neither of them got a penalty for it. I, I yeah, don't I mean, think... how much how much are you going to penalise the people starting at the back of the grid? But, but, but that's, you know, that, I get that, but that's not the point, you know. Mm. Um, but I, I, I thought that was just the most you know, obvious block. I think, like, if if anything gets a penalty, like that needs a penalty. And, Absolutely, and, no, I agree and with just, you. There wasn't a penalty. There, it's just like, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. But no, I mean, as as far as as far as racing, there wasn't much excitement to to talk about on the, on the track. Uh, it's just, I think it's just solid performances from from everyone, really. Yeah. Just on that as well, actually, with because Mazapan after is in his interview, they asked him about it, and he was like, "If I was him, I'll be saying like, look, I'm really sorry for to Sebastian because you know we've ruined this lap sort of thing." But he, instead, he's going on about like how he's the one that should have been in front of of uh, Mick Schumacher because the team you know alternate it every week, and last week Mick yeah. was in front, so he should have been in front, blah blah. And it's like, mate. Like you're so bad, like <laughs> it wouldn't matter if he was in front and behind. Exactly, you're still like, qualifying behind him. This isn't this isn't like uh, this isn't like you um, you get sometimes like two quality drivers like you'd get like in in Red Bull with um, with um, Max and Ricardo when they were together, mm. and and you know at that at that sort of that kind of team you do need to give them like a fair a fair chance, right? They need to. You can't be seen to, yeah, to favour one but, but or also, the other. But also, like, surely on a track like Zandvoort, you, surely you'd want a bit of a toe. Like, yeah. why? Why do I wouldn't be complaining about being? I'd want to be the, the the car behind. I'd want the toe. I'd want to get a better lap time. Yeah. So if anything, it should have been like, oh, okay, Mick, you want to go in front? All right, I'll have the toe this week. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I just, I just thought he was, he just, like. Let's see just, what happens at Monza. Just no awareness. <laughs> like, no, he's 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 absolutely terrible. 
Because I know there's rumours of, I know we'll get onto driver moves and everything in a bit, but I know there's rumours of Hulkenberg coming back. Um, and he was linked with a Williams seat. I know he's been in talks with Haas as well. Um, I'm not too sure about what's going to happen at Alfred Mayo with, an, with, a, with the second seat. But um, it might be worth Haas going, Joe you know what, Mazapan, see you later. We're getting Hulkenberg in. Yeah. And to be honest, that would be a great, great move for them. They need that kind of experience and, and know-how in their, in their team. The, the only way he's leaving that, that team is if Hulkenberg comes back with a load a of sponsorship. Yeah, because, yeah a ton of cash. Yeah, that, it's not enough for you to have a better driver. You know, we've, we've discussed this a million times, but yeah. you know, th- this guy brings, I guess I'd imagine by, by looking at the car, the bulk of the sponsorship money for that team. Mm. Um, and yeah, that, that's going to keep him in the seat until, until they either don't need that money or, or someone else comes in with more money. Or they fight yeah. for the championship because like, like really... No, they're not going to fight for a championship well, anytime soon. But if you're genuinely like, if you're Haas and you've got the worst car on the grid, you might as well get as much money out of it as you can. Mm. Like, frankly, so... Absolutely. It's Absolutely. annoying, but it, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you wanted to highlight from, from Zandvoort? I can't really think of anything that was I kind thought, of I thought the McLarens, the McLarens were a little below par. Bit, yeah, they were below par. Um, the Ferraris looked good. I thought Alonso yeah. looked really good. Um, yeah. I know we were, we were chatting this before the podcast, but you know, at one point, Ocon was complaining that Alonso was moving, was driving too slowly, but he was just managing his tyres because when he needed to pull to pull a gap he pulled a six second gap just like that mm. uh, and even at the end I think it was either Norris or Perez that caught Ocon or was catching Ocon and you know Alonso just they were right next to each other but when it came to it and it just goes to show his experience when he because he was like managing his tyres when it actually came to it he just bolted and even overtook signs yeah yeah I mean, I I I think at the start of the season, Alonso wasn't looking his usual self, and that's quite right, rightly so. If you've you've been out of the sport for a couple of years, um, and I think for me personally, there was questions like, oh, should Alonso have come back because he's still got it, and it's just taken him a few races at the start of the season to become the Fernando Alonso we all sort of know and love, and he he's he's showing he's showing his his world class. Um, ability in the way he's driving at Alpine at the moment. He's, he's consistently outperforming Ocon now, other than the race win the other day. But yeah, you're right. Either uh, outside the race win, but Alonso. But then he ahead, he Alonso's he, ahead but, of Ocon in the championship. Yeah, but also even even would Ocon with, have with had that race, race win? Yeah, but would Ocon have had that race win if it wasn't for Alonso anyway? Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. So um, yeah, I think everyone could Ocon could thank Alonso for that win. But um, yeah, it's it's the Alonso of old at the moment, which is great to see. Yeah, from my perspective, I I just wish, and he's always been like this. He's never been the best qualifier. Yeah. Um, and I think if he had the, you know, on the qualifying side of things, he had just that little bit extra. I think he's already heads and sh- like head and shoulders the the guy at Alpine. But if he had the qualifying as well, it would be every single box. It would be uh, Alonso, 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 Alonso. Like yeah. his overtake on uh, was it Russ? No, it was Giovinazzi and was it Giovinazzi and Ocon? Mm. 
um, at turn three, I think it was, where everyone's gone on the inside and he's gone on the outside of the banking. Yeah. It's just so Alonso. It's insane. And, mm. like, next thing you know, he's, yeah, he's ahead of his teammate and wins two positions like that and, and goes on to have what, what was a really good race for him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Did you, um, well, did you not want to beat down Bottas at all today? Oh, this, I don't know what's what's the point. We all know. I mean, I I was I was very disappointed that he didn't put up more of a fight against Max Verstappen. He had the opportunity to back Verstappen up, and he just he just rolled over, as he as he does. It's like you you that's that's why he's not kept his Mercedes seat because he's not he's not aggressive enough as a support driver when needed to be a support driver. And then he's not aggressive enough to be the main man. So, so well, you, you haven't done anything. In my opinion, he, he di- hasn't done anything to prove to Mercedes that he should keep his seat. Like five years, nine race wins. That's not good enough when you've got the best car on the grid. It's not. What did you think of his fake fastest lap thing? Um... I thought it was a completely pointless pit stop for him anyway. They, they, they said it was a safety thing, but they, they, had, they had a gap. He could have just slowed down to conserve his tyres, as could Hamilton. Um, it was just a pointless, pointless pit stop. Because they did that, or because he did that, they then had to pit Hamilton again, and it made the, the gap look even bigger than it actually was. Um, I, I, I think... But but then because they did that, Bottas was quite rightly going to go for the fastest lap. Why not? It was just it was just it was just Mercedes that this weekend. I just think just got all their strategies wrong. And it seems like when they're fighting someone other than themselves, they can't get any pitch strategies right. They they're fighting Red Bull, and all of a sudden they're sort of floundering a bit. Like oh no, we don't know what to do. Yeah, no, you're right. I think. Um... I think for, uh, Mercedes did have good race pace, though. They did have good, and, and um, they have all season. It was just not good enough. Um, I think over, over one lap, the Red Bull's the quicker car. I also um, think if you have two Lewis Hamiltons in the slower Mercedes, in, oh, yeah, maybe you know, see, it's different. Well, do you want to start moving on to talk about the driver moves then? Because that, I just, think, ties in quite nicely. Lo- last thing, just quickly, on the... Um, just on the race, I thought Gasly was really good, not only in terms of qualifying, oh. um, but also like just his race. Yeah, I think I think Gasly's probably the best driver not in a top team. Yeah, well, and I'm not including George Russell in that because he's now in the top team. <laughs> yeah, with to be fair, it's going to be sad because we have spoken about this every like episode at some point. Uh, the the Russell Bottas move will it happen? Will it not happen? Well, it finally has. Yeah, buzzing. I think I think you've now got Mister Saturday in the fastest car or one of the fastest cars on the grid. It's going to be fantastic. I think if the Mercedes and Red Bull are on similar performance next season as they are this season. Mercedes run away with the world, the constructors' championship. There, there is no way Mercedes aren't dominating the constructors' championship. What happens with the drivers would be, 
would be remain would remain to be seen. But Bottas isn't qualifying anywhere near his best. Not really keeping up with Hamilton. And I think George Russell has the ability to keep up with Hamilton, outperform him in the odd qualifying session here and there, and also outperform Max Verstappen. So yeah. I think from a constructor's point of view, it's the best pairing on the grid next year. Uh, yeah, I don't think you're wrong. Um, I'll be interested to see what, what Paris does. You know, can he catch up with, uh, with Max? Um, yeah. I like to hope so. Um, and then, you know, another thing we're going to see next year is where the cars are. Um, yeah. But in terms of just talking about what we know now and in terms of George Russell, like he 1 million percent deserves that seat. He, oh, yeah. Like, I reckon it, it could be really difficult, actually, for you to come into the sport. You've seen your, your mates, one get, get uh, the Red Bull seat, another going into, you know, a rejuvenated McLaren team. And then mm. you're sat there at Williams and, you know, you've got Kubica as your partner. And, and then after Kubica, you've got um, Latifi. Latifi. Oh, by the way, Kubica raced this week. Oh, nobody cares. Yeah. I, <laughs> I just, like, nobody. There was hardly anything said about Kubica this yeah, weekend. Like, they, they've done it. They've done all their, uh, all the little, um, the little things on him before. And now it's like, yeah, who cares now? You know, yeah. but anyway, uh, yeah, Kubica raced this weekend. But yeah, this guy has just been stuck at the back with a team that wasn't going anywhere. And he's just delivered. Just yeah. always delivered. Put the car where it doesn't even belong. Put it on the podium in Spa. Yeah, like, that is insane, to be fair. Like, yeah, there wasn't a race, and we'll get into no, that. But he did. But he, did he had put to put it, it on the qualifying. He, he did. He put it on the front row in qualifying. It's yeah. The Williams. The, the, was it the eighth or ninth fastest car on the grid he puts on the front row? Yeah, like, it was, it was mental. Um, but yeah, he's just always, like, you know, qualifies in Q3 when, when he shouldn't doing that yeah um i i think i think george russell's biggest biggest asset is how how um calculated he is um and level-headed um one of one of the, the things i noticed when he he was being interviewed was it's it's on occasion you get a driver come from f2 or gp2 as hamilton did straight into a championship winning team like hamilton came from winning gp2 to the McLaren seat with, with Fernando Alonso. Right, so it, it, it does happen. George Russell came from winning F2 to going to the slowest car on the grid. And he said that it's been an, an invaluable learning experience for him because he's, he's learned how to develop a car, how to work with the mechanics in a way that he wouldn't have learned had he gone straight into the Mercedes team at the very beginning. He's learned how to fight how to really examine what's going on with the car. And I think that's, as he's said as well, that will help him be a better driver at Mercedes. Um, and I like the way that that's, that's his thought process on things. Yeah, no, he, I don't, I don't think you're wrong there. I think that will give him some, I guess, some appreciation um, for what he has. And like, I'm just really happy for him, if I'm honest. Like, I've just seen yeah. all, the, all the pictures of him and like, when he was with Lewis Hamilton when he was young. And he's just like, we look at these people now and they're F1 drivers and they're like, you know, almost like larger than life characters. And 
Everyone mm. wants to be them. Millions of followers on like Instagram, Facebook, whatever. But like, these are the pictures of him. He's just a kid. Yeah. Like he was just a kid who wanted to be an F1 driver. Yeah. And, and I think I think what was brilliant was he. The deal was done by Spa. Like George Russell knew he was a, a Mercedes driver at Spa because oh, yeah. all of the all of the interviews. Like him, because him and was it was it at Spa that Bottas and Russell were in the press conference yeah. together, and they're asking them the question, and like, can't say, can't say, can't say. But George Russell all week had the biggest smile on his face. <laughs> yeah. It was like, oh, I can't, I can't tell you, nothing's nothing's been confirmed yet. We're still in talk. Yeah, right, whatever. You're not smiling that big if you haven't got that Mercedes seat. And then, like as it's gone on, coming up to Zandvoort, the smiles got less and less, and he's more composed. It's all settled in. But he knew ages ago. They're just waiting yeah. for Bottas to confirm his drive. Yeah, and and as well, like um, yeah. So they wanted Bottas to confirm that, that his drive, and also it's just like good, I guess, good marketing, like you yeah. know, because they don't want it to look like oh yeah, Russell took Bottas's place, you know, because. They just wanted to they just want to be nice to Bottas, so they kind of put it as in Bottas left for Haas, which meant that there oh, was Alfa Romeo. Which sorry for Alfa Romeo, which meant that there was a, a place for, for Russell and Mercedes. And yeah. it kinda looks like that. It doesn't look like oh yeah, Russell's going to Mercedes, Bottas has got nowhere to go. Oh, he ended up at Haas. It it kind of like Or Alf, or Alfa Romeo. <laughs> sorry, Alfa Romeo, Jesus <laughs> But no, I, I think you're right. I was talking to, to my mate Liam as well, and he was saying that um, it was nice for, for Mercedes to at least give him Bottas that, to like, let him have his day. Let him have a, let a, cu- a couple of days of, oh, Bottas has joined Alfa Romeo, and how great it's going to be for Alfa Romeo, and it's a good move for him, and it's that and the other. And then, oh, by the way, George Russell's now a Mercedes driver. Yeah. So it was nice for them to sort of give him that little bit of attention where he's, he was kind of the main man. Because let's face it, he's not been the main man at all since he's been at Mercedes. No, I just want him to do it already. Like, just, just do it now. Yeah, just, just swap the drivers. Yeah, like, I've said this to you before, and I think it was quite controversial on the podcast, but, like, I don't... I couldn't really care for Kimi too much. Like, he's, he's good. Like, he's got, you know, he's a bit of a meme. He, he does... He's Kimi Raikkonen, he's like different to other drivers in, in the way he carries himself. But yeah, as a driver, like he's literally like, yes, yeah, my hobby, and he treats it like it's, it's his hobby. He's not doing anything crazy. He's not fighting mm. for anything. He's just he just gets to drive an F one car on Sundays. Yeah, and I think that's probably why he's decided <laughs> to sort of sorry call COVID. it a day on on his Formula One career. He, he's not got the the desire to compete he's just got the desire to drive fast and he can do that in other things so i mean he'll, he'll probably have a go at sort of endurance cars or might do a bit of indie car do you know what i mean he might just go and do probably, some different things do rally being finish yeah but he's done that do you know what i mean he's, yeah. there's he's, he's he's done everything did, did kimmy also do i thought i read somewhere that kimmy uh drove nascar as well he's he's driven a nascar he might have done like a race or something but what has he done and, um, yeah, I think everyone's got fond memories of Kimmy. I loved how George Russell was like, oh, my, but my first memory of, of Kimmy was he, him coming up to me and twisting my nipples. And it just kind of shows, like, 
the kind of character he is. And I think he will be missed around the paddock. I think all the drivers will miss him. It's so funny because some, some people get to get they get away with that. But like, yeah. can you imagine you just going up some random person and just like twisting, twisting their nipple? But like, what would you say to Kimi Räikkönen afterwards? Like, what would you say to him if if Kimi Räikkönen came up to you, twisted your nipples? Like, what are you going to say to him afterwards? That's going to make him go, "Oh, I'm sorry." <laughs> he, he's, there's no way he's apologising. He'll just come up, twist your nipples, laugh, and walk away. Like, that's it. There's nothing you can say to him that's going to change this, that situation. Turn around. But it's, it, it's a shame. Turn around and, and twist his son's nipple. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. not. Or, 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 or not, I think you might get into a little bit of trouble for that. Yeah, get put on a register for that. Um, yeah. What else? But, what else has happened? Uh, so you've now got... Um, almost so breaking the... news. Almost breaking news. Almost breaking news. Uh, well, we don't know. Well, let's pretend we're recording at 9am. Breaking news. Alex Alban has joined Williams. Yeah. Uh, I, thought, I think that's good for Williams. Um, I, I think the better combination for Williams would have been Nick DeVries and Alex Albon, but obviously that's not happened. Um, I was doing a little bit of reading on this because as soon as I saw it announced, I, I kind of went back in my mind to what Toto Wolf said because Christian Horner had, um, oh, what's the word, accused uh, Toto Wolf of uh, blocking a move for, for Alex Albon to Williams. And he had said that, He's not blocking any moves. If he, if he goes to, to Williams, he just wants him to be released from his Red Bull contract. And from what I've read, Alex Albon's not been released from his Red Bull contract. So um, if I pull up what I've, what, what I've seen, it says that um, so someone, uh, a Red Bull spokesperson said, we've released Alex to become a Williams racing driver in 2022 but retain a relationship with him that includes future options. So it's almost like he's half been released. So it's like they've just got clauses in his contract for him to be able to come back to Red Bull. And then uh, Williams have said that he's a Williams driver in 2022 and we decide what he's doing and what he's not doing. So it sounds like contingencies have been put in place for him not to um, feed back any information to Red Bull but allow him to keep certain ties to the Red Bull <laughs> What information brand. is he going to feed back? Well, Don't just, use just... square tires. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, it's just engine information, isn't it, from Mercedes? Yeah. Knowing, knowing that Red Bull are going to be developing their own power unit from next year, you don't want, when Mercedes has got the best power unit on the grid, you don't want any information about that being fed back to your title rival, yeah, do uh, you? And look, Albon's an, uh, a nice enough guy. Like, I think he's, he's a nice character. He's a good guy. But, like, from, from a racing perspective, like, you know, it sounds like there's so much, so much hassle for, for Alex Albon. How do you mean? Like, you know, all this about releasing the contract, not releasing oh, okay, the contract, yeah. and, all, and, like, Mercedes being like, yeah, we kind of don't want him to go if he's still a Red Bull driver, and, and all this, like you were saying, possibility of like you know bringing information over from one manufacturer to the other like it's just so like so much hassle for Alex Albon like I'm surprised he's got another opportunity in F1 actually you you said he was gonna you said he was gonna get another shot I couldn't see it I'm I'm surprised if I'm honest yeah but I I thought I I thought they were gonna get rid of Sonoda 
um, and he was going to get the second Toro Rosso seat. I thought it, I thought it, I thought it was going to be a Gasly Albon combination for Toro Rosso, which would have been pretty good. Because um, let's face it, Alex Albon is a good racer. When it comes to wheel to wheel racing, Alex Albon's pretty good. Well, he just he just wasn't able to really qualify. Toro um, Rosso Alex Albon's really good. Toro Rosso Alex Albon's really good. But hopefully that that's the, the Alex Albon we we see in Williams and. Williams are improving, and the way the way that I think you can tell Williams are improving is the fact that Latifi's not at the back of the grid all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so now that you're starting to see Latifi a little bit further up the grid, you can tell that the, the car is actually an improvement on what it was last year and the year before. Yeah, he's grown on me as a person, actually. Latifi, I think he's. he's I still a... find him. I still find him boring. Oh yeah, but I think he's, a, he's a, like he's actually quite. He seems like quite a nice guy. Yeah, there's nothing to dislike about him. I just don't think he's very good. I think he's boring. But there's yeah. nothing to dislike about him. Did you? Did you? Would you have taken Albon or would you have taken Nick DeVries? I'd have you're... taken both of them. Um, if you wait, fine. But uh, Latifi's got the contract, so if you could only take one, who, Albon. Who... Because I, I think I, I'd have taken Albon purely because it's a whole. Williams are still trying to improve and move up the grid. And Alex Albon's got that experience working with Red Bull. He's, he's worked with one of the top teams for a season and a half. He's been their, their, their test driver and development driver for this season. And I think that, that experience that he brings over to Williams is, is better than the experience that De Vries brings over. Because De Vries, is, yeah, he won the F2 Championship. Um, he's had a couple of seasons in Formula E. He's also won the Formula E Championship, but that's not Formula 1. And I, th- and I think Williams needed that Formula One experience in their team. Yeah, well, this is what I don't understand, though. Like, especially based on that, why don't you take Nico Hulkenberg? Yeah, again, that's that's what there there are so many options available to them. Um, I I I do think Hulkenberg, like I said earlier, could potentially go to Haas. Um. It'd be interesting to see what happens with the second Alfa Romeo seat because there could be the potential for Hulkenberg to go there. There could be the potential for Mick Schumacher to be promoted to that second seat by Ferrari. Um, De Vries could go to, to Alfa Romeo as well. So there's, there, there's a few. What about like so one I, of the... Um... One of the... So we're, are we, are we all assume that Giovinazzi is gone. I, I, I don't think Giovinazzi's got a, a seat for next season. Okay, well then, yeah. If it's not with Alfa Romeo, he's gone. Fine. Yeah. Um, how about... Isn't that Calamila or someone like that? He's, not, he's gone to IndyCar. Oh. Um, I don't know. Is there any other, any other sort of up-and-coming Ferrari drivers who might potentially not, get that Not seat? really. Not that have got the experience yet. I don't, I don't think there's any sort of younger drivers coming up that are good enough yet for Formula 1. I, I personally didn't even think, although he won the F2 Championship, I don't think Schumacher was quite ready for Formula 1 yet either. But well, he can't race in, he's he can't not race in, in F2. One, is he? No. But you can't race in F2 again if you've won the F2 Championship. So um, there wasn't really much that could have been done. Well, they've, this is the thing. It's, it's nepotism because he's... Because he's Michael Schumacher's son, 
they've gone and built him a special F2 car for him to have an F1. Yeah. Um, and they've named it Haas. Yeah. But yeah, I, 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 it'll be interesting to watch the space around the second Alfa Romeo seat. Yeah, that's um, the that's the only thing really that needs to be that needs to be confirmed. I think that they've done well with with Valtteri Bottas because, as much as we um, as we like to pile on him, I think he'll be he's a very good driver for Alfa Romeo. Yeah, he's got the consistency they need. I, I think he's an upgrade on Kimi. So. Yeah, definitely. He 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 is just a a younger version of of Kimi, really. Um, for for as far as Alfa Romeo are concerned, what they what they're getting is is a slightly younger, better version of of Kimi. It must be so difficult for him. Like if you're, you know, if your dream is to win the the F one the F one championship and become like a world champion, to you to, know to, to be in the place where you can do it. Yeah, and I think you and, know from Valtteri Bottas, you know that's not going to happen again in his career. Yeah, he's blown his chance to win the championship. Yeah, the the only way this happens is if, for some reason, Alfa Romeo get the new, get the new rules right, and everyone else doesn't. You know, and we yeah. have a, a brawn type, um, a, a brawn type scenario because I just yeah. think it must be so difficult on him as a as a sports person, right? Like, you know, this is all you all you ever wanted. I assume you're in the right place, and all of a sudden it's like. Yeah, you're not. You're now. You're now going to the ninth worst team in the grid, mm. and it's like ah. Uh. Yeah, it's not. It's not great for him. It's definitely a step backwards. Yeah, but but, but, then, but at the same time, it's 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 a thing. It just had to happen. Like I agree. Mercedes could not ignore George Russell any any longer. So he has not been out qualified by a teammate at Williams in three years. Yeah, that's impressive. That's super impressive. But then again, he was he's racing against technically a pay driver and someone with one hand. Yeah, so. but I mean, I but then <laughs> yeah, true. But the, even that one race he had in in his Mercedes against Bottas, he he was wearing he was so he good was, that race. He was he was driving Lewis Hamilton's car, which is set up for Lewis Hamilton. He had his seat, which was a year old, so he hadn't sat in that seat for a year. He had to wear shoes that were a size too small to be able to fit in the cockpit. And I didn't realise this as well, but he was actually using Lewis Hamilton's steering wheel, which meant that all his, his uh, gear paddles and clutch were too small for George Russell's hands. So he's got to adapt to that as well. So there's all those things. And he was 0.029 seconds slower than Bottas in quali. And then he beat Bottas into the first corner and led the race like a pro. And then he had the the issue with the tires, or was it, yeah, yeah, with the tires, and still yeah. overtook him, yeah, <laughs> or overtook yeah. him back, and then yeah, no, that was so impressive. That was genuinely like. I, I also I read I read as well that after each session of George Russell in that car, he was icing his back because his body was just covered in bruises from where he just didn't fit in that car. Yeah, fair play. So he did all of that in pain. So you can't... Everything he's done in the sport, you can't ignore that he's, he's earned his, his drive at Mercedes. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm genuinely buzzing for him. I, I can't wait. The only thing is, like, I just hope for his sake that the Mercedes is still where it is today 
or yeah. there or thereabouts. Because yeah. it could happen. I'm not saying it will. I genuinely, I probably doubt it will because it is Mercedes at the end of the day. But it, it could be that next year it's a um, it's a sort of mid mid of the mid tier yeah. car. You know, it's uh, I, I doubt I doubt it, but um, but it, there is the potential. You can't rule anything out. Um, but yeah, I mean, Toro Rosso confirmed Gasly and Sonoda for next season. Um, so yeah, everything's everything's. I reckon next season's going to be good. There's there's a lot of of exciting drivers on the grid, all in good teams. The um, following year is going to be nuts for um, for driver moves. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, like that year, you have loads of people who will be coming to an end their contracts. Yeah. Oh, I th- yeah. Because um, Hamilton signed a two-year extension, hasn't he? So Hamilton's at Mercedes for 2022 and 2023. Hamilton. Um, so it'd be whether or not he retires at the end of that yeah. or whether he stays on. If he the- retires, oof, driver market will go nuts. Yeah. Latif will be... I don't know. Do you know what? I'm actually just talking out of thin air. But I assume I assume Latifi probably only has one more year. I assume Sonoda only has one more year. I assume Gasly only has one more year. Alonso only has one more year. Um, maybe Signs only has one more year. Mm. Um, I don't know what's going on with with Ricardo and Norris, but it might be that they're more or less in the same situation. I I um, can't see McLaren changing. Um. Norris and Ricardo. Paris will only have one more year. Uh, the, whoever goes into Alfa Romeo will only be in a one-year contract. I can guarantee you that. Probably the same with, with Haas. Like, it might be that you've got probably 15 different different drivers who mm-hmm. you know, are going to be... Swapping around. Yeah, and it could be that they, they sign for the same team. That we're happy, you're happy, let's, you know, let's just put yeah. pen to paper. But there'll be that, that possibility of of it, of yeah, it I mean, I, I think I think you'd be looking for the next two years at least. I think you'll be looking at Mercedes, Hamilton, Russell, uh, Ferrari, Leclerc and Sainz, McLaren, Norris and Ricardo. Red Bull always trying their best to keep hold of Verstappen. Um, so it just, it, I think with the top teams, those top sort of four teams, it will be who gets the second Red Bull seat. That's going to be the talking point because I think the other three teams, Mercedes, Ferrari, McLaren are set. There's, there's no way those drivers are changing. Because if you think, think of like Ricardo's point of view, uh, you get into his age. If you're, if, if you're not approached by, let's face it, Red Bull aren't going gonna, for him uh, again. Alex, it's all going to depend on what the cars are like. It, yeah, true. Because true. If, look, if McLaren don't produce a top three car, both, both Ricardo and Norris are on the move. True. Like, you know, they, they'll both be on the move. Yeah, so there's not um, really any point speculating until we see what happens no, next year, I guess. Exactly, but the only reason the only reason why I'm, I'm I'm saying is, it could be that we're in a position where a lot of moves could happen just because of what the like the stage of the contract. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. Should we do our predictions for uh, for Sunday? Yeah. So are we gonna pre- are we gonna do predictions for just the qualifying and the race, or are we gonna do predictions for qualifying, sprint race, and the race? Because we've got the sprint races back at Monza. Let's do qualifying in the race. Okay. Okay. Um, 
who do you, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? I'm just trying to think what car's got the best straight line speed. I think for the rest of the season, I, I think Hamilton's going to win the, the, the Drivers' Championship. And I think the, re- the only reason for that is going to be Max Verstappen's grid place penalty that he's going to have to take for the engine change. I think you're going to see Hamilton and Verstappen swapping race wins and you're going to maintain that, that point gap. And it's going to come down to the fact that Lewis Hamilton's going to end up getting that extra race win what was the last due time to that Hamilton won penalty. A race? Silverson. Fair. But what, before that, he's probably, well, he's won one in seven, I think. Hamilton's not won that many this season. Verstappen's won more races. But then Verstappen's had more DNFs. Yeah, I don't know. I, look, I, I get where you're coming from, but I think what's going to happen is it's going to even itself out. I think, I think um, Hamilton is quite lucky to be where he is. Yeah, and but I think his, he has to keep consistent if he wants to win the championship this season. Yeah. Fine. So you're going to go for... I'm going to go Hamilton Pole. Right, I'm going to go for Verstappen. And then... I'm going to go for Verstappen and then I'm going to go for Hamilton. Verstappen. Mm-hmm. Bottas. Norris. And... Charles Leclerc. Okay. Let me write that down. Okay. Fold the page. Verstappen, Hamilton, Verstappen, Bottas, Norris, and Leclerc. Hold on. Verstappen, you've got him twice. Oh, no, I've got uh, the first time it was for pole. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, so you've got Hamilton winning the race. Yeah, I can see. I can see. The the typical thing that tends to happen with Mercedes at, at Monza, they did it with Kimi Raikkonen, where they double teamed. Mm. When I don't know where Vettel was that time, and then they tried to do the same again with Leclerc, but he just about held on. But it was you know they they, they turned it into a two v one race, and then just used the the strategy to their advantage. So mm. I I if I'm I'm assuming Paris isn't going to be up there. And if he isn't, then I can see Mercedes winning it again on a on on a car that's not as good as the Red Bull, but on strategy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to change my pole position. I'm going. To, I'm going. To put, I'm going to put Norris on pole. I th- I thought about that when I was talking. Um, I'm going to put Norris on pole. Uh, I'm going to go. Hamilton, Verstappen, Norris, Ricardo. That's four. We're doing top five, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, Leclerc. Yeah, I think I think the um, the McLaren. Uh, Zach Brown was saying he should have got should have could have got pole on. Um, they should have in, in Spa. In Spa. And yeah. uh, and the the characteristics of, of the track, although they look completely different, 
are quite similar, you know, high speed, mm. high speed. Um, so yeah, I don't think that's a bad shout actually. Yeah, but Norris on pole. Yeah, I think I think they McLaren will get a podium. But yeah, so we'll let's 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 see what happens this weekend. I think we've we've rambled enough. We've caught up on on the things we'd missed. Um, so yeah, unless there's anything else you want to add. Nope, nothing from me. Cool. Right, well, make sure that you follow us on all our socials at F1 Ramble on Instagram, Twitter, Hyper, um, and we will see you all next week. Enjoy the race. Yeah.